Welcome to United Hope for Humanity, episode 27. Uh, this episode is called Famous Words of Wisdom. And it will include um, this, the resource where I got this, which is YouTube. Um, and I'm planning these four different segments, uh, excuse me, five different segments. So the first one will be A Message for All of Humanity, Charlie Chaplin. The next one, Alan Watts, are you tired of playing the social game? Saguru, no expectations, no dejections, don't waste your time. Um, then we will also be graced with the beautiful song by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, um, as well as a song from the Beatles. So, without any further ado, let's get started, shall we? I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful. We have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent, and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. For those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men, fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass, and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people, and so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power, the power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world. 
that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason, a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! You know what occasionally happens on the street when two people are walking down the sidewalk straight at each other and they both decide to move to the right together and then to the left together and they somehow get stuck and they can't pass each other. Zen teachers will pull just exactly that sort of stunt when going down a path and meet one of their students to see if they can get him in a tangle and can he escape from it. And you will find in everyday life that there is a very clear distinction between people who always seem to be uh, self-possessed and people who are dithering and nervous and don't quite know how to react in any given situation, always getting embarrassed because they have their life too strongly programmed. You said, I mean, this is a common marriage argument. You said you would do such and such a thing at such and such a time. And now you've changed your plans. Not that they really, the change of plans really caused any inconvenience, but just the feeling that when you say you will do something at a certain time, you ought to do it at that time, come hell or high water. Well, that's being very unadaptable. That's being a stone kind of sticky uh, thing. If it, after all, doesn't matter when we do it, and uh, somebody is offended because the time has been changed, that's simply because they are attached to punctuality as a fetish. And this is one of the great problems. This is causes many automobile accidents. Men rushing home to be on time for dinner when they stayed late either working or they had to stop for a drink at some bar or uh, when the girl feels that she has to, if she has a fussy husband, and she feels she has to have the dinner ready at exactly a certain moment, she ruins the cooking. He'd rather have a faithful wife and a bad cook. <laughs> I hope I'm not treading on any toes. <laughs> so, you see, we spend an awful lot of energy trying to make our lives fit images of what life is or should be which they could never possibly fit. So Zen practice is in getting rid of these images. But it's, it's so explosive socially to do that, and it so worries people. They get vertigo, they get dizzy, they don't know which end is up. There was a very 
uh, interesting dinner party once where a Zen master was present and there was a geisha girl who uh, served so beautifully and had such style that he suspected she must have some Zen training. And after a while, he, when she paused to fill his sake cup, he bowed to her and said, I'd like to give you a present. And she said, I would be most honored. And he took the iron chopsticks that are used for the hibachi, the charcoal brazier, moving the charcoal around. He picked up a piece of red hot charcoal and gave it to her. Well, she instantly, she had very long sleeves on her kimono. She whirled the sleeves around her hands and took the hot charcoal, withdrew to the kitchen, dumped it, and changed her kimono because it was burnt through. Then she came back into the room, and after a suitable interval, she stopped before the Zen master and bowed to him and said, uh, I would like to give you, sir, a present. <laughs> he said, uh, I would be very much honored. Of course, he was wearing a kimono, something like this. And uh, so she picked up a piece of coal and offered it to him. He immediately produced a cigarette and said, thank you, that's just what I needed. <laughs> now, you know, in the same way that we have this in our culture, certain people who are comedians who know how to make jokes and gags in a completely unprepared situation. Face them with anything, and uh, they somehow come through. So that is exactly the same thing in a special domain as Zen. Only the, the master of Zen does this in every life situation. But the important thing is to be able to do this this is the secret you must remember you can't make a mistake now that's a very difficult thing to do because from childhood up we have had to conform to a certain social game. And if you're going to conform to this game, you can make mistakes or not make mistakes. And so this thing has gone into us all the time. You must do the right thing. There's certain conduct appropriate here, there's certain conduct appropriate there. And that sticks in us and gives us a double self all our lives long because we never grow up. Now, I only say, if that game begins to bore you and it begins to trouble you and give you ulcers and uh, all kinds of things, then you raise the problem of getting out of it. And therefore, you start to become interested in things like Zen. That is simply a symptom of your growing in a certain direction where you are tired of playing a certain kind of game, you are as naturally flowing in another direction as if a tree were putting out a new branch. So because you say, oh, well, we people are interested in higher things, 
You see, that depends still on the differentiation of rank between the superior and the inferior people. But when you begin to see through that and grow out of that, you don't think anymore of this superior and inferior classification. You don't think we are spiritual people who attend to higher things as distinct from these morons who are only interested in beer and television. <laughs> this is simply our particular form of life. Like there are crabs and there are spiders and there are sharks and there are sparrows and so on. But remember, in the process of growth, the oak is not better than the acorn. Because what does it do? It produces acorns. Or you could say, just like I sometimes love to say, that a chicken is one egg's way of becoming others. <laughs> so an oak is an acorn's way of becoming other acorns. Where is the point of superiority? The first verse of that poem I just quoted, first verse is, in the landscape of spring, there is nothing superior and nothing inferior. The flowering branches are naturally some short, some long. stone up. Sadhguru, I throw a stone up. Why is it landing on my head? <laughs> well, that's how it works on this planet. If you don't want it to work like this, you must leave this atmosphere and throw the stone up. It just continues to travel straight up. This is how it works here. If you throw it up, it lands on your head. No? You… you are like uh, somebody who plays solitaire, you know? <laughs> yes? This is like playing solitaire. This is just uh, because you are like a person who wants to drive on the Mumbai street without knowing anything about the vehicle that he drives. You don't know how to drive, but you got into your car or motorcycle and tried to do… Motorcycle won't cooperate at all, first moment you'll fall, car is little easier. Anybody can make it roll, you know, kids on four wheels. So if you drive, then you say, Sadhguru, I'm driving, but there is so much fear, what to do? and people are dying on the street, what to do? <laughs> well, that's what will happen <laughs> So if you want to drive it, you spend some certain amount of time learning to drive before you hit the road, isn't it? This is also just like this. Before you start your life, you must spend some time 
learning something about this machine, isn't it? This body, this mind, how to use it, in what way it operates best, shouldn't we spend some time? No, you just jump into life and as I create expectations and I get dejected, obviously unrealistic, <laughs> isn't it? So, oh, if I don't create expectations, maybe I won't do nothing. That's not true. Anyway, you're doing something, isn't it? Even the bees and the birds and the ants and the elephants are doing something, isn't it? Hmm? Whatever they can do, aren't they doing? So that's all you can do also. Whatever you can do, you can do. What you cannot do, you cannot do. So we taught you Isha Yoga to remove all the other nonsense. You understand? If you can look upon everything around you the same way, everything that you can do, you'll do. What you cannot do, you'll not do. What's the problem? That's how the whole existence is functioning, isn't it so? If you ask this planet to spin backwards, can it do it? So even Mother Earth cannot do, so what's the big deal? You are just a piece. Isn't it so? The earth is spinning like this. If you say spin like this tomorrow morning, can it spin? No. So what's the big deal? You can only do what you can do. So once you see this, your whole life will be focused on how to enhance your ability to do, not waste your time and silly expectations. Life will happen the way it happens, not because you desire. It happens because you're enabled in a certain way. Instead of enabling yourself, you're wasting your time in silly expectations of yourself. So, instead of spending your time building fancy expectations, spend your time to enable this one. What you're capable, that's all you will do, isn't it? Can you do something more? Can anybody do something more than what they're capable of? No. It is just that your capability can be stretched. Without stretching your ability to do, you're building expectations. It is just fundamentally wrong, isn't it? No? It's fundamentally wrong, isn't it so? Now I want to run hundred meters in seven seconds. <laughs> you shouldn't think of this. You should just work on your legs and your lungs and just run. Maybe, who knows, you'll run it in six seconds, who knows? Why are you worried about the time? You build your legs into as powerful a condition as you can build it and just run. Just for the simple joy of it, we don't know what will be the time. Twenty-one minutes? So, uh, don't waste your life in setting up expectations because these expectations are not even yours. You're looking at your neighbor and setting expectations for yourself. It's a very, very silly way of building your life because your expectations are not even yours, isn't it? I'm telling you, human mind is such, let's say in Mumbai everybody had only one leg. You had actually two, but everybody has only one. 
they are all hopping around. You will also do that, though you have to because you are setting up your expectations, looking at people around you. So, there is no need for any expectations. Just enable yourself, whatever the situation allows will do. Just, oh, this is all you have to do. Build your body and your mind in such a way that you can use it to the fullest capability. So whatever kind of situations arise in front of you, accordingly you act, not the fancy way you like. You know, right now, we have started a whole different form of education in Asia called Sanskriti. They have no formal education. They're just learning yoga, classical music, classical dance, Sanskrit language, English language, and martial arts, nothing else. These kids know nothing, but you come and see them <laughs> absolutely like this because we're just teaching them to use their body and their mind to the fullest capability. You will see by the time they're eighteen, they will be phenomenal creatures. Because your success in this world is just this. The physical world, the success is just this. How effectively can you use your physical body and your mind? That's all your success is. Is that so? Hmm? That's all it is, isn't it? A little bit of knowledge you need, the damn knowledge is all on the net, you don't have to keep it in your head. It's all in the net. Unless you want to do some specific kind of activity for you, want you build some knowledge, you can do that. But that also, I would say the whole education system which is little over twenty years right now, can be compressed to five to six years if people are of a certain mental capability. And every human being, almost every human being except those who are impaired in some way, almost every human being is capable of this. If only you take off the silly expectations which are a crippling factor because your expectation is if somebody is doing this, you want to do one step more, even if that's a… a crippled standard. You don't go about building expectations, you just work upon building your body and your mind to enable yourself that you can use it to the fullest extent. We don't know how you will use it. What you do in this world should be relevant to the situation in which you exist, isn't it? Action is always about the situation, not about you. If this one thing, if you get it, then there'll be no expectation. Simply you do what's needed. In a given situation, you simply do what's needed, that's all. If you're placed in Mumbai, you learn the stock market. Hmm? If you're placed in Kanyakumari, you learn fishing. This also you do well, that's also you do well. That's all, wherever you are, that's all there is, isn't it?
So thanks for hanging with us tonight. Again, we are United Hope for Humanity. And I hope you enjoyed uh, the journey that we just took to the labyrinth within. Until next time, you guys. Have a great one. Be safe.